Thanks, Hannah. And of course, thank you to Kissy. And uh, thank you, Christina, for that encouraging and uh, super timely word, just talking about the Lord's leading and his guidance and his uh, direction uh, there in the desert. Um, today is a, uh, today's a significant day for our uh, Calvary Chapel Mountain View family as we kind of make a significant announcement. And I won't bury the lead this morning, but I'll just go ahead and announce uh, that this morning, after nearly 18 years of very faithful service to the church body here at Calvary Chapel Mountain View, uh, Pastor Tosh has sensed that the Lord has really confirmed for him that uh, his season of ministry here is done, and the Lord is moving him on to the next chapter, both in his walk and in his service for him. And so we want to take this morning really to acknowledge that, uh, to honor that, what the Lord is doing, uh, and really to celebrate that with uh, with Pastor Tosh. So um, I'll just quickly say, I have known uh, Pastor Tosh uh, now for the better part of uh, going on 20 years. And I remember, uh, you know, I first just knew him sort of at a distance in our, you know, kind of local Calvary Chapel circles. Uh, Tosh was that super cool guy that pastored the youth group, right? And he, uh, you know, had this special heart for the youth, uh, first over there at Calvary Chapel, Aptos, I think is where he was when we met, and then of course here uh, for so many years so faithfully in Mountain View. And I watched Tosh as he really became uh, a pastor to the other youth pastors in the area, always there, uh, you know, uh, in encouraging those younger men, offering his insight and his advice and his wisdom as they were getting started. He had such a heart for those guys and then watching him uh, for so many years, just a real heart to to disciple and to mentor and to really encourage other kind of prospective pastoral uh, types, many of you who are probably uh, watching us today. Um, I worked with Tosh for years and years on different kind of graphics-based projects where my always kind of type A deadline-oriented timeliness sort of clashed playfully with his laid-back sort of Santa Cruz artist designer vibe, but we got through all of those things. Um, you know, I got to know Tosh a lot better starting about four years ago when I came to work more closely but remotely with the, the pastoral team here at Calvary Chapel Mountain View. And I know it was at that point that I really started to appreciate even more um, the depth of faith that he had and his heart for the Lord and, and his real shepherd's heart uh, for God's people. And of course, it was when I finally came on board here uh, a couple years back as the pastor here, that's when I really started to develop this, um, this beautiful and a, a very meaningful friendship and, and just share some fellowship with Tosh um, as co-laborers uh, for Jesus. I always appreciate Tosh's steadying words and his very thoughtful approach to the ministry and the things of the Lord. I appreciate his, his faithfulness to the word um, and his high regard for the will of God uh, both in his own life and in the life of God's people. And I'm, I know I'm not telling anyone anything that you don't already know this morning, um, but I will tell you that Pastor Tosh, I believe, is one of the most faithful, one of the most loyal, one of the most 
uh, consistent and godly men I know that I have had the privilege to, uh, again, to co-labor with um, in the gospel of Jesus. So um, I know that this may seem to be kind of a, a sudden shock and some news to, to, to some of you this morning, but truth be told, this is something that the Lord has been um, beautifully, uh, this is, you know, this morning is really the outworking of something that the Lord has been beautifully working, I think, in Pastor Tosh's heart um, really for the past few years. And I've asked Tosh to minister the word to us this morning. Uh, and I'm hopeful that he'll have an opportunity to share with us as he teaches just some of those different ways that the Lord has really been working in him uh, to prepare him for the things he has next uh, for him. So, um, Pastor Tosh, if you, uh, if you would, come and share with us today. So. All right. Thanks, Bill. Wow. Top that. No pressure. Appreciate that. And uh, that's a funny story about the graphics. I never knew, Bill, you were dying behind the scenes as I was uh, just uh, make moseying my way through those graphics. Don't worry about it. It'll get done. It'll, it'll print. It'll be on time. So, um, well, hey, guys, I'm so grateful for our church and um, all of you, of course, and the pastoral staff and the examples that I've had in my life. And I want to say specifically in regards to the uh, high regard that, that this church and others like it. And, and again, the pastor's place on the teaching of the word of God. And uh, it, it's a beautiful thing because um, in this situation and circumstance, I don't have to come up here and just come up with some... Uh, uh, <laughs> words solely from my heart and uh, try to pump you up. I want to share the word of God, and I believe that that's the greatest, uh, um, will give us the greatest insight and um, application for our lives wherever we're at. And so um, this transition for me as well. And so go ahead and turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, I will be sharing a little bit of the details of what God is doing in my life, but um, do want to share... Um, more than that with you this morning. So Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, let's go ahead and pray again for our time in the word. And so Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that uh, your spirit is our teacher, our tutor, Lord, and uh, your word is truth. And uh, you've given us the spirit of truth. And we pray this morning that you would speak to us clearly, loud and clear, encourage us, remind us, instruct us, uh, correct us, whatever needs to be done this morning, I pray that you would have your way in our hearts, that we would give you our hearts and minds, and just be a people that are open and uh, teachable, Lord, and so we pray you'd have your way, and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hebrews chapter 11, well, it's been a while for all of us since uh, anybody's gone to the movie theater, but uh, re uh, regardless of that, before this whole shutdown thing, I, I rarely go to the movies. I think I've gone to the movies um, maybe three times in the last three years, and uh, but in it, during those visits, it's been hard to avoid um, any preview that doesn't involve superheroes. <laughs> and Hollywood has this uh, infatuation. Perhaps our culture on on the whole has this infatuation with with heroes, with superheroes. And uh, you've got your Batman and your Spider-Man and your Aquaman and your Iron Man 
and uh, Superman. I don't know if you can top Superman. X-Men, Wonder Woman, they're all there. Our culture is obsessed with people um, who wear tights and capes and boots and save the day. And it's been said that uh, superheroes are the Greek gods of our secular modern life. And the world has its heroes, guys, whether that's superheroes or people in um, our culture, entertainment, uh, politics. The world has its heroes, and we as believers have Hebrews chapter 11. We have the Hall of Faith. We have Noah and Abraham, Sarah, Moses, and Gideon and the like, heroes of faith. And uh, men and women who were rejected by this world, but approved by God. And uh, some of you might be wondering, well, I don't know if I'd call these guys heroes. <laughs> you know, Jacob and Rahab and uh, Samson. Samson? Really? He's in the Hall of Faith? Well, remember, Hebrews 11 is not the Hall of Holiness or the Hall of Integrity. It's the Hall of Faith. It's the Hall of Faith. And in spite of their mistakes and shortcomings, like we all have, all of these men and women share this one thing in common, and that is trust in God, faith in God. Faith is the commonality, really, guys, between all believers throughout history. That, that's the commonality. It's our faith, our faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17, the Apostle Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith. We're saved and we are justified by grace through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. But listen, faith is also the staying power of our lives. Uh, the just shall live by faith. Hab um, Habakkuk, I was going to say uh, Hebrewic. <laughs> I was going to combine the two there. Habakkuk 2.4, uh, the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and 1 John 5, 9. John, the apostle John says, our faith is the victory that overcomes this world. And so our walk with God, guys, it starts, it continues, and it will finish, at least in this life, in this world, uh, with faith. Our lives are a journey of faith. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God. And so faith is the key from faith to faith. And this morning, I want to just share basically an overview of faith with you from the Hall of Faith. We're going to look at uh, the definition of faith, the description of faith, and lastly, the demonstration of faith as we look as, at the example of uh, the father of faith, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah. So Hebrews chapter 11, you guys there? Somebody? Yep, one of you? Okay. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, starting in verse 1. Now faith, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So, you guys are familiar with this passage, and, and when, when you hear the word is in verse 1, now faith is 
the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, uh, we would assume that this is the definition of faith. And it's probably the closest thing to a definition in the Bible, but it's more of a description, really, than a definition. This is what faith looks like. This is what faith does. And I believe if you're looking for a straightforward definition, you'll find it in the Greek word itself for faith. And the Greek word for faith is the word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. And it means a firm persuasion, conviction, or belief based upon hearing. Interesting. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing. A firm persuasion, conviction, belief based upon hearing. Pistis is used in the New Testament primarily for faith in God or specifically faith in Christ Jesus. And so it's important to know, guys, faith is not positive thinking or hopeful thinking, uh, hoping that everything works out okay. That, that's, that, that's the world's definition, really, of faith. You know, um, you can do it, just have faith. <laughs> well, in who? In what? And biblical faith, guys, is a firm persuasion, conviction, belief that is directed, listen, this is important, that is directed toward and placed upon God. And and it's a firm persuasion and conviction because God is faithful. God is trustworthy. And so our faith is upon and in him, in a faithful God. And so if you want to summarize it even even more, I would say faith is a confident assurance in God and his word, what he has spoken, what he has promised. Confident assurance in God and his word. True faith Genuine faith, listen, is not a hope so, it's a no so. It's a no so because God is faithful. Amen? So that's the definition of faith. Um, you may have your own, but it's wrong. This is the biblical definition of faith. I'm kidding. Uh, but we want to make sure that our thinking is in line with God's word. And so we have the definition of faith. Number two, the description of faith. Verse one again. And I would like to read that to you uh, from the J.B. Phillips translation. It says, now faith means putting our full confidence in the things we hope for. It means being certain of the things we cannot see. So uh, faith, that confident assurance in God, his word, it treats things hoped for as reality. Faith itself proves that what is unseen is real. So real, listen, so real that we act upon it, that we act upon God's word, God's promises. That's what faith does. Faith is active. It's active. Now, if I told you that I deposited $10,000 into your account, you may believe me. Uh, hopefully you do. <laughs> hopefully you don't have any reason to, to doubt my word, but um, you may believe me, but if you don't act upon it, and draw the money out, it's not going to do you any good. And such is faith. Faith is active. James chapter 2, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? So faith is active. It, it's accompanied with action. Um, and so it needs to be active, active if it's going to be a true biblical faith. It treats things hoped for, things unseen, as reality, so much so that you act upon it. And so the definition of faith, the description of faith, 
again, this is a summary. We could spend a lot more time on these things, but I want to know and spend most of our time this morning on what does faith really look like in real life, in everyday life? Uh, and that's where the Hall of Faith comes in. That's where these amazing examples of faith demonstrated uh, comes in to play. And so if you're a note taker, uh, our third point this morning, are we already there? Wow. Don't worry, we'll be done in a couple hours here. Third point is filled with multiple points. So the third point is the demonstration of faith. So the definition, the description, and thirdly, the demonstration of faith. What does faith what does faith look like? What does faith look like in real life, in, 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 um, in our everyday life? Well, you know this, but the book of Hebrews was written to Hebrew believers, originally written to Jewish believers, and they were discouraged um, by persecution. They were tempted, because of that persecution, they were tempted to leave the faith and return to the familiarity of Judaism, what they could uh, see and feel and smell the offerings in the temple and uh, going through the motions and the keeping of the law. And so this whole faith thing, you know, was a, was a new thing, at least in their minds. And they were unsure about this, this faith thing, this faith thing in Christ Jesus. And so after reminding his readers of the superiority of Christ, uh, the author then demonstrates the superior, superiority of faith. And that God has always been pleased by faith. Throughout history, throughout the Old Testament, God has always been pl uh, pleased by faith. The just shall live by faith. And so beginning with creation in verse 3 of chapter 11, the author then goes down the list, uh, just a chronological list, uh, reminding his readers of these great men and women of the Old Testament who were commended by God for what? For their faith and obedience in him. And so in verse four, we have by faith, Abel. And in verse five, by faith, Enoch. And in verse seven, by faith, Noah. And then we get to the patriarchs, beginning with Abraham and his wife, Sarah, who again, the father of faith, and uh, who I believe is really the ultimate example of a life lived out in faith. Because if you think about it, the majority of these examples, uh, we remember them for perhaps a moment of faith or a decision of faith. And that's not the case with all of them, but generally speaking. But when it comes to Abraham, he, he's the father of faith. He, he was taught by God and learned how to live a life of faith, a life of faith, to just walk by faith, trusting God. And so look with me in verse uh, 8 of chapter 11. And we're going to look at Abraham's example, the demonstration of faith. So starting in verse 8 of chapter 11. By faith, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Mark that. Not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac, that is his son Isaac, and then Jacob, his grandson Jacob, son of Isaac, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder 
and maker is God. So we're given here like a summary of Abraham's journey of faith, um, of course, found in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 12, we have what's known as the Abrahamic covenant, where the Lord appears to Abraham, speaks to Abraham, and he promises to bless him, to bless Abraham, to make him the father of a great nation, and uh, that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. Um, now, there's some other promises there, but that's the main um, point. And, uh, but here's what I want you to know. It all starts with God calling him to depart from his homeland, from his family, from his father's house. And really what God is saying there is, hey, I want you to leave your uh, tribe, what you're familiar with, what you're comfortable with. And that was a huge step of faith because in those times, guys, you, did, you just didn't do that. You didn't depart from your clan, your tribe, unless you were poor and destitute and just had nothing, had no family, had no means to support yourself. And so you went out and uh, ventured out to try to make things happen. So this was a huge step of faith for Abraham and his wife. And of course, he took his nephew Lot and uh, to depart from the land that he was familiar with and go to a land which God would show him. And so Hebrews 11.8, again, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. So God gave him this promise, called him out, and it says he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, Acts chapter 7, when Stephen recites the story of Abraham, he tells us that God had told Abraham to depart for the land of Canaan. So note that. Because here, here's what I want you to um, keep in mind here. Abraham was given the big picture, but not the details. He was given the big picture, the promise, the land, God's protection, that he would bless him and bless those that bless him and curse those that curse him. But he was not given the step-by-step details of that plan, how it would be fulfilled, the timing of God. And so it was a step of faith. And by faith, or in other words, because of his faith, Abraham obeyed even when he didn't know where he was going. And that's the first point here, guys, I want to I point out concerning Abraham's example to us. And that is that faith, listen, faith obeys God in spite of the consequences. Faith obeys God in spite of the consequences. One commentator said this, if faith can see every step of the way, is it real faith? If faith can see every step of the way, is it real faith? And he goes on, most of us live a cautious life on the principle of safety first. And I would add in our own culture that that would be translated as comfort. We operate in this principle of keeping things safe and comfortable. But the Christian life, he goes on, involves a sense of willingness for adventure. Willingness for adventure. And listen, it's not reckless adventure. It's a venture of faith. It's a venture of faith. And faith says, come what may, whatever consequences come, no matter the consequences, I'm going to obey God and his word just the same. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to trust him no matter the consequences.
So as Bill mentioned, if you uh, <laughs> didn't catch the beginning of the service, Bill mentioned that God is uh, calling me out of CCMV and, and moving me on and calling me to a new journey of faith, to step out in faith. And uh, he's been stirring my heart, I would say, for a few years now. And uh, being the crock pot that I am, <laughs> and if you know me, I'm a little slow on those big decisions, but I, I, I really want to pray and make sure that God is leading. But God began to stir my heart just before Rick and Kelly, uh, Pastor Rick and Kelly Franks had uh, left this congregation to move down south, and I had shared that with Rick, and we were praying together. And uh, Rick came back from a pastor's conference. God had clearly spoken to him and said, hey, God's calling us out. And I, I went, okay, well, well, me too. <laughs> and uh, of course, that's not what happened. I prayed on it, and we sought the Lord for his wisdom and direction and who would um, take over here in, in that lead pastor role. And it was clear that God was calling Bill, and it was clear that God was calling me to stay and to help with the transition. And I'm so thankful that I did. I'm so thankful that I waited. I didn't uh, react and respond to that initial stirring um, because God hadn't clarified yet. And uh, so um, stick around for the transition. Help the body be a familiar face to the body. Minister to the people at CCMV. And hopefully, um, hopefully, I've been a support to Bill and the other pastors here. And... Uh, so grateful again for that time because during this last two years guys not a, not only have I been able to support Bill and you as a church body I've been able to um, pour into Chris and uh, pass the baton in the youth ministry and that was something that was um, heavy on my heart I didn't want to leave Mountain View without without the youth uh, being in good hands and uh, that's why I came over here I came over here specifically to minister to the youth and I'm so grateful that God has raised up Chris and I've been able to um, hopefully give him a little bit of advice, just show up on time, uh, pray, teach the word, <laughs> love the kids. It's a simple uh, uh, ministry model, but uh, Chris is going to do a great job. And I have that peace and confidence that the youth is in good hands, the church is in good hands, Pastor Bill and Mike, Jeff, and uh, all the leadership here. And so again, God's been stirring my heart in the last uh, year or so, and uh, just just praying through this and waiting on God. Now, now here's the thing, and here's why Abraham's example particularly speaks to me in this season of my life, and that is because I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going, and that resonates in my heart. And uh, God has spoken to me and given me a peace and said, hey, I'm calling you out and I'm going to uh, direct your steps as you obey this first step of obedience. And so it's a unique situation. I, it's not something that I would actually uh, encourage people to do in most cases. I would say, hey, wait on the Lord, wait till that door opens and, and you know what's next. And I don't, but I know that God's calling me out and I have to obey that and uh, step out in faith. And so, like Abraham, I've been given the big picture. 
And that is encouraging and comforting, guys. Just as you have been given the big picture, God has saved me. He loves me. He's called me. As he's called each one of us to take up our cross, follow him. And he's called me specifically to serve his people, uh, to teach and to lead. And uh, he's promised that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he's coming back for us. Amen. We are heaven bound. That's the big picture. And uh, I've been given that as you have been. But God has not given me the details on what's next. And so it's a step of faith, guys. It's a journey of faith, just trusting and obeying. And I'm excited for what God has for me. Yes, there's a, a little bit of uh, fear there. It's a, it's a godly fear. It's to say, Lord, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm not sure what you're going to do and, and when and how and, and what that's going to look like, but I trust that you're in it. And I trust, again, that you've given me this big picture, and I'm going to step out in faith and obey this first step, starting with uh, a calling out. And so, guys, that's what faith looks like. That's an aspect of faith. Abraham went out. He stepped out in obedience in spite of the consequences, not knowing where he was going. And that's exactly where I'm at. And so... Um, we're going to continue here and I'm going to tell you at the end that I do love you <laughs> and I love you now and I'm so grateful for what God's done and uh, in and through me and through all of you in this season of my life. Wow, it's been, wow, as Bill mentioned, almost 18 years. I had no gray hair. I had no gray hair and uh, didn't get, it didn't hurt when I got out of bed. So it's been a while. And uh, here's another thing I want you to notice here, though, guys, about Abraham. Abraham was a, twin, uh, <laughs> a tent dweller, not a twent dweller, a tent dweller. He was a tent dweller. He lived a life of faith. He was ready to pack up and move at any time. And I believe God kept him in that situation, again, because God was teaching him to trust him and to live that life of faith. And so if Abraham got to Canaan and just built his little mansion... <laughs> It would have been that harder to leave. And so we need to, um, I think there's a lesson here, just guarding our hearts from that comfort, from uh, perhaps even maintaining the American dream. That can be a real stumbling block for a lot of Christians. Uh, don't get me wrong. God has blessings for you and will provide for you. And, uh, but we, we, need, we need to be tent dwellers because we are tent dwellers. We're in this tent. We're on this life, on this earth, in this life, temporary, temporarily, and like Abraham, we need to be ready to pack it up whenever, wherever God says go. And a uh, great example to us. So number one, guys, um, faith obeys God in spite of the consequences. The second thing here that we see in Abraham and specifically in Sarah, his wife, is that faith believes God in spite of the circumstances. So faith obeys God in spite of the consequences and faith believes God in spite of the circumstances. Verse 11, Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him, that is God, she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, <laughs> him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore so 
Abraham was 75 years old when God had promised him uh, to make him a great nation. Uh, 24 years later, they had, uh, well, uh, Ishmael in between that time period, just uh, making this effort in their own flesh, a total fail, trying to fulfill God's promise in their own flesh. 24 years later, after Ishmael, the Lord again appears to Abraham and uh, promises that him, through Sarah, through Sarah, they would have a child, an heir to this promise. And in Genesis 18, it says, as the angel was speaking and promising, uh, making these promises to Abraham, it says that Sarah overheard the angel of the Lord, that she would conceive and have a son. And it says that she laughed. She laughed. She just chuckled. She just chuckled. Now, she was 89 years old at the time. She would uh, eventually have Isaac at 90. So nine months prior, she gets this promise, reminded promise, and she laughs. Why? Because she's way past the age of childbearing. Not only is she past the age of childbearing, she is past the age of child making, <laughs> if you know what I mean. This is the I Love Lucy show right here. They're, they're doing the separate bed thing. It's just like, hey, we lived a long, good life together, babe, but uh, you know, that part of our, that season's over. And uh, they were probably content in that. But here's God. He promises that they're going to have a child in their old age. And she laughs. And yet it tells us here she had a change of heart. It says that Sarah, Sarah believed. She judged God to be faithful. And in spite of their circumstances, guys, this is what I want you to see. In spite of their circumstances, their old age, Abraham and Sarah, being as good as dead, conceived and bore a child, just as God had promised. Isaac, and you know what they named him? Isaac, <laughs> I just gave you the answer. Uh, good thing that was not on our Bible trivia this morning. Isaac, meaning he laughs, he laughs. And later Sarah would say, um, I have laughed and all those who hear of this are gonna laugh too, and except this time it wasn't a doubt. It was a laughter of, of joy and rejoicing. And so looking at their circumstances, they both had reason to laugh in unbelief. But listen, looking at their circumstances through the eyes of faith, they believed God in spite of their circumstances. And what a great example to you and I. Because, um, well, uh, that's what faith looks like. It believes God in spite of the circumstances. And I'm reminded of Paul in Acts chapter 27 and Bill will be here in about five years. Uh, Acts chapter 27. <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys are trucking through the book. Uh, Paul's, Paul at that point was a prisoner of Rome. He is on a ship. He is sailing to Rome. And uh, he finds himself along with the uh, crew and other prisoners in the midst of this great storm. And, and so great was the storm that it, it, it had its own name. And you can check that out in Acts chapter 27. But here... Here in this crazy storm, guys, grown men, seasoned uh, members of the Navy, uh, the Navy, so to speak, the Roman army, uh, they find themselves, uh, the Bible says, losing all heart, losing all heart. They just expected to die. That's how crazy the storm uh, was. They were in it, in the midst of it for several days, and they just thought, we're going to die here at sea. This is the end. 
And it says in um, chapter 27 that the Lord met with Paul. The Lord met with Paul and ensured him that he would make it to Rome, that the ship would be lost, but no one on board would lose their life. And Paul stood up in the midst of those men who were freaked out, ready to die, given up, lost heart. And he says in verse 25, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. I believe God and his word. I believe God and his word. Listen, guys, when the storms come, and they will, when our circumstances are overwhelming and seemingly impossible, when everything in us, all of our emotions, our feelings want to assume the worst and freak out, or perhaps in unbelief, laugh, chuckle at God's promises. Yeah, right. That'll never happen for me. It's faith in God that carries us through. It's faith in the Lord and his word, his promises that will carry us through those storms through those difficult circumstances. Believing God, his word, his promises, in spite of our circumstances, by faith, we can say with confidence that God has got this. Can you say that this morning? Maybe you're in a difficult season. Maybe you found yourself doubting God's promises for you. And I want to remind you this morning that God is faithful to his promises. God will see you through. The timing may not be yours, it will not be yours. It may not look the way you want it to look, but God will come through. And uh, faith says, hey, I believe he'll do just that. I believe he'll do just that. That God, um, it'll be just as he told me. And uh, because God is faithful. Now, again, in Genesis 18, after Sarah initially laughed, the Lord said to Abraham, overhearing his wife laugh. I love this. The Lord said to Abraham, why did your wife Sarah laugh and basically doubt? And he says this in verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Why did Sarah laugh? Why, why is she doubting? Yeah, and yeah, you don't think I'm aware that she's 90? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And guys, faith in God says no. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. There's nothing too hard for my God. Amen? There's nothing too hard for our God. And so Abraham obeyed God in spite of the consequences. He went out not knowing where he was going. Resonates with my life, perhaps with you. And uh, he and Sarah believed God in spite of their circumstances, learning that nothing was too hard for the Lord. And uh, they along with all the others in the hall of faith, guys, were commended by God for just that simple act of faith and obedience, just trusting the Lord, not knowing, uh, not understanding, uh, perhaps even not even always believing. And yet God built in them this trust and uh, faith upon him. And so we have the definition, the description, and the demonstration of faith. And we read in verse 13, and we'll close with this. These all died in faith, speaking of the patriarchs, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, if they thought about their uh, 
last place, uh, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. In other words, no looking back, no looking back. They kept their eyes on the Lord and walked in faith, never fully realizing or witnessing the total fulfillment of God's promises, but walking by faith. Again, just uh, full confidence and assurance in God, believing and obeying him all the way, and ultimately looking for and living for and waiting for what? The city built by God. What is that? Where is that? That is heaven. That is heaven. And uh, therefore, verse 16, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He's prepared a city for them. And he's prepared a city for all those who put their faith in Christ and live a life of faith. Amen. Love you, CCMV. <laughs> and uh, whatever God has called you to, guys, or whatever he's calling you to, it will involve faith. And I want to encourage you this morning and just exhort you to step out in faith. Keep your eyes on him. Chapter 12 tells us he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's got you. He's good for his, uh, good on his word and to step out and go for it. Guys, run the race that God has laid before you. God is faithful. He's trustworthy. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I just thank you personally for all that you've done in my life and through my life and uh, in this season of my life. And I, I'm just so grateful for your faithfulness, Lord. You, you've taught me so many things. Um, I'm, of course, still learning so much to learn, but you've taught me so many things here. And I'm so grateful, Lord, for the season. And I'm excited to see what you have next, not only for myself, but for, for the people of Mountain View and for Pastor Bill and Mike and Jeff and, and the leadership here. You have great things in store, Lord, but it's going to take faith. And so I pray that you would stir up that faith and that trust and continue to teach your people to walk by faith and not by sight. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Oh, hey, you're back. Thanks. For, I'm back. Thanks for that. So, um, so yeah, it takes, it takes faith. Uh, no, you're staying here. Okay. Don't go anywhere. It, uh, it does take faith, and it takes faith especially, you know, as Tosh shared, it's, it's why I said we want to really honor uh, what he's doing, because it takes faith to step out into uh, the abyss or the unknown, let's right. just say, right? Yeah. But um, anyway. Anything other than CCMB? Right. The <laughs> it's the abyss. Right. So we want to uh, encourage Pastor Tosh in this and certainly to be praying for him. Um, tonight at the park, we're not going to have a, a structured teaching time or anything like that. But if you want to come out and just uh, encourage him and, uh, you know, social distance hugging is, uh, you know, is uh, appreciated. But uh, come on out and just encourage Tosh uh, and just uh, just commit to be praying for him as he steps into this new uh, season. So we want to encourage you. We actually have somebody else that wants to encourage you. And so um, we want to hear from uh, them uh, right now. Hey, Tosh, when we heard that this was your last Sunday, a couple of emotions welled up within us. First, appreciation for you personally and for your ministry to the church family at CCMV and from being a voice of wisdom on the elder board to evangelizing and discipling the youth in our church body, 
We're super grateful for you and your ministry and uh, the fruit remains, brother. We wanna encourage you with that. And second, we're excited to see what the Lord's going to do with you in your future ministry endeavors, whatever they may be. And Jesus always takes us from glory to greater glory. So we expect great things and we'll be praying for you. Well, Tosh, 21 years ago, when the, when the Lord told me to invite you to dinner, I had no idea it would be 20 years ministering side by side with you. But it has been such a blessing and it has been really amazing watching what the Lord does through you and, and in you and how you've grown in your ministry. It's just, it's just amazing. And I, like Rick said, I am looking forward to seeing what he has next for you. And um, God bless you and may the Lord be with you. So we love you, brother. Go forward with our blessing. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, that was a super blessing. Thank you guys for that. I want to just share that, um, you know, as Pastor Rick was sharing, I could see Tosh getting a little watery eyed. And when Kelly started to share, he said, oh, boy. And that was <laughs> that was all it took. She's so. got plenty of blackmail. Material. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so we wanted to invite uh, the other the church elders up here with us, Pastor Mike and Pastor Jeff. And we just want to lay hands on Tosh and just pray for him and just ask the Lord. We know the Lord is blessing. We know the Lord is leading. And we just want to be part of what God is doing uh, in Tosh's life. So let's do that. If you could all raise a hand, uh, even right from where you are, and let's just pray. So Father, we thank you so much uh, for Tosh, Lord. And we thank you for uh, the way that you are leading him, Lord, the clear guidance that you've given him. And Father, we thank you for his faithfulness to stay and to remain, Lord, and just the shepherd's heart that he has demonstrated in uh, staying here uh, with the body at Calvary Mountain View, Lord, ensuring that we got through uh, that pastoral transition, Lord, and then so far beyond that, Lord, just continuing to minister as you uh, clarified and confirmed things for him. And so, Father, we thank you for the wonderful ministry that you've given him here, Lord, we thank you for uh, just the countless lives that have been impacted by his ministry here, Lord, by his teaching of the word and his discipling of men, Lord, and his powerful ministry with the youth. And we're so thankful for that, Father. Um, we are equally as thankful, Lord, for what we know is in his future, Lord, for the things, that big picture that you've given him, Lord, as he shared, just to be uh, just a minister unto your people, Lord, and an encourager. Father, I just thank you for the lives that have yet to be touched by Tosh's ministry, Lord. And uh, we do look forward just with a great expectation to what it is that you're going to do, Lord. And um, and we want to be a part of, of sending him into that work, Lord. And we want to uh, just greatly honor this morning the faith that it's taken for him to... Uh, to take this step and to be obedient to you. And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Tosh. We pray your blessing and a special anointing upon him for this next season of ministry, Lord. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people Amen. said, Amen. 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 Cool. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank Six you. feet. Six feet. Sorry. Yeah, we were actually yep. Yep, yep. distancing not really up me. here with our masks Six feet. on. Um, so anyway, that being said, we hope to see you uh, in the park tonight if you're able to come out and say goodbye. And if not, 
feel free to drop a note of encouragement uh, to Tosh if you've got his information. Uh, if you don't, send it to the church office, and we'll be happy to forward it on to him. So with that said, God bless you guys. Have a great week, and thank you so much.